You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Welcome to the Shice Podcast. My guest today is the host of Welcome to Vangerville, a former co-host on The Shane Show, and one of the hardworking employees at one of LA's most popular restaurants, Milo and Olive, Chris Vanger. There we go. Well, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for doing this. Oh, man. Thanks. Great to be here. I'm excited to be here. Uh, well, since you're the president of the Gavin Newsom fan club... <laughs> and we just got our ballot material in the mail very you, relevant yeah what are you thinking about the recall election right now i mean i wish they weren't having it i don't understand I, you know my take on it i love this i i feel like this guy has done the best job he could have for for the governor that i of the state i live in i would rather have him more than any of the other 49 governors and i just think that it was such a tough situation and people were getting so hard on him for uh just going to a restaurant when he told people not to that's like the number one thing and that bothers me because other than that i felt like he did a good job in closing everything when we needed to i felt like he was following the science which is something i want from my governor uh, and i just think that this is you know potentially a republican power grab the social media has jumped on to getting this guy to power because they know his seat is so important i don't know i'm just i back it <laughs> Yeah, well, I was listening to a story on NPR yeah. about how the election could unseat him, even though he theoretically has more support in the state. Mm -hmm. So on the ballot, there's the first question about, like, do you want to recall Gavin Newsom? Right. So that's right. question number one. And then okay. the second question is, if he's recalled, who would you want to replace him? And his name okay. is not on that list of candidates. So. I think there was like 8 million voters or something in California in the last election. So figure it's about the same, right? Okay. He could narrowly lose like 51-49 in the first question and have about 3.9 million Californians voting to not recall him. Okay. And then in the follow-up question, the next leading uh, candidate in the polls is Larry Elder. and a, Radio, and, Old and radio a, host, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, I interned for him at KB. Crazy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> very small world. Well, how old were you? Uh, it was a long time ago, la right? La last year in college, so figure I don't know, at least eight years ago, longer and you, than that probably. But did you interact with him on a regular basis ever? No, I I did the uh, like production stuff that went to his office, and I worked kind of with the guys who were directly producing his show. Yeah, so I was just kind of like in the building while his show was on the air and I was doing the morning news stuff and then doing a and did, did you listen to, have you would you say you've listened to a lot of Larry Elder shows I wouldn't say a lot but I did listen during the time that I was interning there because he was on the air like kind of at the end of my shift and then when I would drive home and listen to him and was he is he a right-wing radio host or was he more centrist um I mean, I guess by California standards, he would be considered right wing, right. Yeah. but he's, I think, technically libertarian. So, I mean, depending on how you look at it, that's very right wing. So some of his stuff, like eliminating minimum wage altogether is something that would be considered like very right wing, right? Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's like, I think I listened to enough of him at the time and maybe his views have changed. But at the time I was like, you know, I'm not interested in this guy's politics. Um, so it's not, he's not the guy that I'm going to vote for, but. Uh, but he's was, got a lot of support and that's who Gavin Newsom, I know in his fundraising letters that he sent out is concerned. They're mentioning this guy's getting a lot of Republican support. Yeah, because of the closest to the Republican options, he's probably a better choice than, say, like Caitlyn Jenner. Right. Um, right. But so what the NPR story was talking about was Gavin Newsom could narrowly lose the recall vote, which gives him about, you know, three point nine million Californians saying, like, we still want him as governor. Mm -hmm. Then in the second question, he's not included on the list of candidates. And 
at the current polling rate, Larry Elder could pull about 1.8 million votes in that second question. Okay. Which would still supersede Newsom's support at mm-hmm. 3.9 million because and make yeah. Larry the new governor at 1.8 so, million votes. Okay, so he has does Newsom have to just hit 51 on that first question and he wins? If the yeah, if the recall is not approved, then he stays in office. So it's so what I yes. saw from his office was they're encouraging people not to vote on the second question. How come? Even if they want to. Oh, so do you have to answer? If I just want to say no recall, I can just send it in. Yes, because in the in the the situation where they would lose that first vote, and then you or I voted for some other like backup candidate, mm-hmm. that might affect who's able to actually take the governor's office in the event that he's recalled. You know that if he is recalled and I didn't answer that second question, do I then lose my voice of who I want to recall him? No, you still get to vote on the second question. It's optional. But let's say I choose not to send in my ballot because I'm uh-huh. back in Newsom. I don't want to recall him. I don't even want to look at this second question. And mm-hmm. I send my ballot in and then he gets recalled. Did I lose my voice right there? No, because your voice was still too... No, in the sense of the person then, okay, now my guy's getting recalled. I want my other voice. I want to be able to say who replaces him if you're saying he's recalled. And that's what that second question's for. Correct. So as a Gavin Newsom follower, they're telling me to not answer that second question, even though it's a possibility, sir, that you're going to get recalled because of your actions. And I can't do anything about that, even if I support you. So I feel like I need to answer the second question just in case. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I just heard rumblings coming out of like his press team. Yeah, that they're makes sense. Considering pushing people to not answer that second question. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I hope he doesn't get recalled. And I would be sad if he did, because I don't know. I mean, if Larry Elder was the governor during this time, California's got a massive COVID outbreak because, you know, he ain't closing stuff. You kind of feel like there's so much money in the base of the Republicans because I was even reading an article. You know, I hate Donald Trump. I don't like him. And he said he's been saying some certain things about, you know, Biden and whatever. And I started I heard I read some things that like he follows his base. Right. It's not like he's leading his base. He follows his base. And this base reaches more than just Donald Trump. I feel like this base is reaching at Larry Elder, you know, because they want as much power in there. And that base is something I don't want to follow. <laughs> and well, yeah, I just don't want to be a part of it. There was, you know, I'm following the stuff in Afghanistan, not super closely, but like it's really disappointing me in Joe Biden because I voted for Joe Biden and I didn't really want to vote for Joe Biden. I would consider myself left, not super liberal, but like I appreciate the Green New Deal type of stuff, that extreme like, yo, our earth is running out of time. We need to do drastic measures, even though the rest of the country isn't ready for that. I'm kind of on that side, but I like want to feel towards the middle because I want to compromise with people. I understand that people aren't ready yet, but I wanted Elizabeth Warren or I wanted Bernie Sanders or I wanted, you know, uh, Pete Buttigieg or I even wanted Beto. Those were four people that I trusted over Joe Biden. And I voted for Joe Biden because they said he was the only person that could win. And Joe is letting me down. This administration is letting me down with the whole Afghanistan thing. I don't know if you've been following that, but that's just kind of what it it reminds me of what this Republican base is now using all of these little Democratic mishaps to kind of get their power back. And I still think they would do the same stuff that they did while they were in power, which is so scary. Yeah. And with Afghanistan, (sighs) like, Biden is not the first president or the last president that is going to fuck up that situation, right? I think it's a no-win situation. Yeah, our whole lifetime basically has been marred by uh, U.S. interference in Afghanistan. It's never worked. Um, But I can understand, you know, Biden disappointing a lot of people in his approach to it. But yeah, like you said, it's a lose-lose situation. it's, It's so frustrating to me, Nick, because it's all about money. Right. Everything is about money. Okay, so, you know, Republicans want a president in there. that's going to put more money into the military. Right. Whereas Democrats want a president in there that's not as focusing as much money on the military and put some of that money towards other things that Democrats want. And that's a tough that's a tough battle. 
And I think that's all it has to be within Afghanistan is money. The reason you're withdrawing all these troops after 20 years, he specifically had a press conference today. He mentioned it cost $100 million a day to be over there, right? Over the last 20 years, based on you know some scientists saying that they've spent over $2 trillion over the last 20 years over there. And okay, so the number one thing is money. So you take these people out, your administration, you know, wasn't aware that the Taliban could do it quickly, even though I feel like that was a scenario. So in your head, you're like, okay, Taliban, you're in that room and it's five scenarios. It reminds me of that Simpsons, like, <laughs> what is that? What is that Simpsons where he's like, I choose four, we, right? You know what I'm talking about? He gives them like five plans. It's like the 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 Arnold guy in the Simpsons. What character is that? Uh, McBain. McBain, it's McBain. It's definitely a McBain movie. He's like, McBain's the president, and he's like, he gives him like five scenarios. He's like, oh, I choose three, maybe you should look at him. So he's like, no, I, whatever that scene is, one of my favorite Simpsons scenes. But that's what it feels like with Biden. Now again, not as obviously like that, but Biden sees all the, he sees all the scenarios. And he sees, okay, over here, we take our, we take these troops out. It, you know, we don't think that they can take over very quickly. And our whole thing wasn't to go over there and country build. Our whole thing was just to kill Al Qaeda and, you know, get out of there. Well, it took 20 years. So we're ready. They take them all out. Well, sir, over here, if you do that, the Taliban's going to take over really quickly and we're going to have a problem on our hands. And so then somebody in the room's like, nah, we're fine. We gave them so much money. Their, their, their people will fight back because that's all they keep saying is like, they have the resources. They're just choosing not to fight back. That's not our fault. Well, it actually is. And I just feel like your decision to pull the troops out at this particular time, even though five years ago it wasn't a good time, this time it's really screwing. It's really fucked up. That's all right. Can I cuss on your show? Are you put it? Yeah, we're good. Okay. We it, got explicit content warning. Okay, good, good, good. I try not to. Uh, but it just it angers me. And also what really angers me, okay, cool. You pulled it out. You pulled the troops out. You, 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 you want to save the money on how much over there you want to put the money towards other things, you know, some some leftist things. But it just your transparency with how you're answering questions is so political, political. And I should have known that that's how you were going to do it, Joe, because I just want you to be honest with me about what's happening. I keep saying the buck stops with me. This is but it's like your answers are not genuine, in my opinion. And that frustrates me as a person that voted for you. That's fair. I listened to his press conference right afterwards, and uh -huh. it was like, you know, what is he going to say other than like, hey, I fucked up. We've all fucked up in <sighs> Afghanistan for all this time. I'm the current president, so I got to take it on the chin. That's but what he I mean, I guess that's what he is saying. He's kind of like agreeing with me that it's a no win situation and we just need to, to get out of there. I just think as an American, your job is to keep me safe. And if I, I feel less safe now. Because the Taliban, which probably still includes some Al-Qaeda, is that wrong to say? Like, who's to say we eliminated Al-Qaeda and we're still dealing with ISIS and the Taliban and they're saying they're dealing with Taliban leadership? It's like, these guys are liars. Like, they're saying, yeah, we're in contact with the Taliban leadership and they're letting, you know, passage out of uh, to the airport and we're working with them american citizens will get out but then all these journalists on the floor if you follow on twitter are like yup just went to my hotel instead of security guys it's taliban dudes with ak's that's the new life in in afghanistan and i just think that's terrible and i understand it's not our job to you know protect those people over there but it just seems very convoluted what's happening and it's not transparent with how these decisions were made just like every political mistake yeah, well, it's a U.S. decision that made the situation there worse and yeah. then worse again and worse again. And there's never been a right answer, at least from U.S. intervention uh, side of things. But right. it's it's not good. And, you know, it just feels like America doesn't want to take responsibility for their hand in shaping the current situation you know it's all agreed about which how, i hate it's all about how we built the afghan military and they're not fighting for themselves right and so i've we read a lot about um guys who were like soldiers in afghanistan and like how uh -huh. heartbreaking this is for them to see that they went over there and fought and then now it's just like 
you know, all it's their a waste. effort, all their blood, all their sweat is a waste. What did you want? So there's 20 years of us training their military, training their generals. We gave them, you know, it crushed my heart when I saw that the Taliban took over this, what they call it, a, a storage area, a crater or something that had all the Humvees that the U.S. had given, all the military. Taliban took that over. So 20 years of us giving them military. Oh, the Taliban has it. And they're, they're pulling up to everywhere with these U.S. Humvees. And that's just a waste. Be, it's not, why it's did, not the first time in American history that we've armed the Taliban either. No, for sure. For sure not. That's going even down a deeper road. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll put a pin in that for now. Okay, deal. Maybe I'm frustrated. We, yeah, I am. It's terrible. Some, some of the shots seeing the people falling from the planes, the people in the planes, the the fact that you I'm you try to if you're listening to this show there are certain reporters on Twitter that are on the ground women in Afghanistan try to find them and you could I feel that's how you see what the situation is like don't I can't listen to this administration about what's happening okay I just went through four years of one administration lying to me and I feel like I'm already into the first year of this one administration I like some of the things they've done but they're still lying to me and so. I'm going to go to Twitter with people on the ground in the Afghanistan to tell me what their situation's like. And it's not good. <laughs> it's not. And you're right that unfortunately Twitter is probably the best way to get hands-on eyewitness accounts of what's happening on the ground right now. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing. It's not China. They wouldn't be able to tweet. <laughs> Very true. And by the way, it's going to be soon that the Afghanistan, you know, whatever the, the, uh, the I, what is it called? I think it's the, Arabic, there's a new name, Islamic State of Afghanistan. There's a new name over there. And it's going to be soon before they're controlling the internet out of there. Why not? Why wouldn't they be just like China and any dictatorship? Speaking of Twitter, have you been following uh, the fact that Al-Qaeda still is active on Twitter? No, I, but I believe it. Yeah, they haven't I, been banned. So a lot of people are pissed because it's like, oh, Donald Trump isn't on Twitter, but Al-Qaeda But Al-Qaeda is. is, yeah. No, that's a, a, a really or great the point. Taliban, sorry, the Taliban, not Al-Qaeda. By the way, but the Al Taliban might be on there too. By the way, the Taliban—they're on Twitter. There, there are secret accounts where they're monitoring everything on Twitter. Everything. No, if Twitter doesn't have the capabilities to ban certain accounts, to know, oh, this is a Taliban account. Facebook, either way, too. Did you watch the movie? Um, what was it called? Jennifer and I watched it, and you showed it. I think on Vangerville was the 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 real the the. What was it called? Um, profiled? It profile, yeah. Oh, that seemed so real. And how many times is that happening to women and they're recruiting them over there and you just see what they're living like and they are just trying to impose their religious, whatever, their religion on that whole country. Did you see that one uh, tweet? I think I had it where, let me see if I showed it to my Republican friends. They did not like it. It was a guy named William Legate. I don't know who that is. And he wrote, the Taliban has announced their political agenda for Afghanistan includes abortion is banned, gay marriage outlawed, rejection of science, no vaccines, it's against their religion, no separation of church and state, religion taught in schools. And the, the, the one thing I saw is someone crossed out Taliban and put Republicans and someone crossed out Afghanistan and put America. And that made me think that that's kind of true. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, I'm not sure if it was on Twitter, but probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could understand Republican friends not being uh, too keen on seeing something like that. It's uh, I know. <laughs> Wild. Uh, and speaking of Republican friends, we're going to spin it back to the California California Please. election. I was reading a political, sorry, Politico article. Politico. Politico. Yeah, they came out with an article about Larry Elder, since mm -hmm. we're talking about the Cali election. Mm -hmm. uh, and he recently i guess got outed for brandishing his gun at um i want to say it was either his fiance or his partner at the time who was also a producer on his show for at least 100 episodes so i think she uh -huh. did 18 months working on his show and uh they were together for that time and i guess they got into like a heated argument and she said that like he was doing drugs and potentially <gasps> drinking and went into the bedroom and grabbed his gun and like kind of waved it around and made sure to show her that it was loaded oh my god so she came out and she broke uh an nda that she signed in order <gasps> to, uh, to leak this get story. that out there 
Yeah, so, I mean, that could torpedo Larry Elder's chances altogether. Yeah, um, in the state of California, that ain't good. It's not good, but the people, I think, that want someone like Larry Elder in place anyway are maybe not going to look at that and be like, it's the end of the world. Is Jennifer bringing you lunch right now? She's brought me these hash browns. Yeah, she just brought me... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I purchased... Um, I don't know why I bought them, but they were like these frozen hash browns and when they, we have this air fryer and when you put the frozen hash browns in the air fryer it literally is identical to the mcdonald's hash brown which is one of my favorite hash browns ever yeah sprays it with a little bit of oil and then bakes oh. it for you oh my gosh the air fryer is amazing you guys have one right we don't oh you need to get one you're a chef yeah i don't really fry things right now though my you diet is not on the fry train i understand it i love the crunch it puts on things yeah, I also don't have any counter space for an air fryer right now. I we're, just, we're tapped out. I hate my kitchen, but so be it. Yes. Speaking yeah. <laughs> speaking of food, though, you work uh -huh. in the service industry. You work at a I restaurant. Do. I do. Um, what is that like right now? Hmm. Um, you know what? It's it's tough. But I think I've been in it for the last couple of months since the pandemic. When the when the pandemic when I first started working. It's tough. You're wearing a mask the whole time. There was a time where we were not wearing a mask when California was coming out, and I still didn't take off my mask. I still didn't trust it. I like being protected from other people. Nowadays, when you go to our restaurant, we, and I don't know if all restaurants are doing this, but you have to show your vaccination card, whether it's a barcode. If you want to sit inside, excuse me. If you want to eat at our restaurant inside, you need to show a vaccination card. Our whole staff is vaccinated we tell our customers and we on our social media we made it mandatory for everyone within our restaurant group to get vaccinated if you chose not to you were going to be fired or not fired but like a voluntary quit and that is legal in the state of california i don't know if it's legal in other states but it was legal in the state of california and a lot you'll notice a lot of different california entities are doing that. a lot of federal entities are doing that mandatory vaccinations and so if you come into our restaurant, you need to sh if you're going to sit inside and you show your vaccination card, you are comfortable that everyone in there is either vaccinated and now they can still carry it. Of course, if you're vaccinated, you can still carry the virus and transfer it. So eating inside restaurants, I'm still not doing. I don't know the, the odds of you getting it if you're vaccinated and this other person's vaccinated. And they're at their table six feet from you and they have the vac they have the vaccine, but they also have a breakthrough Delta variant. Am I at risk eating next to them with my vaccination? I have no idea. I don't know if anyone knows. I know that it's hard to wear the mask the whole time. Um, and really like a lot of like personability and, and like uh, customer service is your smile, is you're like making people feel welcome and that's gone. That's out of the world. You're now just, you know, the only way you can see someone smile is like the wrinkles in their eyes. Uh, and you know, people are out. Our restaurant is lucky that it's a bakery pizza place that has really great delivery food as well as in-house food. We have a great outdoor patio. The city of Santa Monica has been great in allowing restaurants to take over these outdoor spaces. I think they should keep them. I think that we're allowed to keep our space until July of next year. And I hope we get to keep it more because it generates revenue because people aren't ready to sit inside. People are A, not wanting to show their vaccination cards or B, not vaccinated, and they'll sit outside. And I'll tell you what, the inside is not very busy anymore. Since we enacted, you need to show your vaccination, it's not very busy. And I'm thinking to myself, it's Santa Monica. Like, and or maybe people just aren't safe even with their vaccinations, knowing the Delta variant can get it. Um, I, I still work in the, the hospitality industry moving forward, even though it's different. Uh, I love being a part of of people's meals still and and the customer, the people aspect. But it's hard. It's different. It's not the same as it was when I got into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And has it gotten different since, I want to say, that time where they first started to close down indoor dining and then mm -hmm. re reopened it with the mass policy and it's, right. been, it's been i don't know six eight months mm -hmm. since that have you noticed the change in the people because you had told me some stories of some people being very disrespectful uh, mm -hmm. early on in the reopening process i think that it was like that and then we kind of got into a groove where the, the things were going down and people were a little less stressed and now that we are uh 
making the mask mandate now, people are kind of that same type of like, oh, really? Like we get delivery drivers all the time, right? I used to think when the COVID first started that the delivery drivers were going to be the ones, not delivery drivers, but Uber drivers, delivery drivers were going to be the ones spreading the virus around because you're just going and interacting with so many different people. Who knows if you're wearing a mask? Who knows how clean you are? And some of these drivers, they don't want to wear a mask and diners don't want to wear a mask. And I just don't understand the whole not wanting to wear a mask thing. Like it's not a big deal. You're, this little piece of cloth is keeping you from killing me. It's not hard. Um, but but yeah, it's just it, now that the mask mandates and they were I, I was reading that the lock they're they're saying that the CDC and the White House are gonna you know um, promote lockdowns now again because the Delta variant cases are spreading and they want to get ahead of it. I don't think that's going to go over well. Uh, and I think that, you know, if Larry Elder was governor, he would, I feel like any Republican governor follows the Ron DeSantis Trump playbook. And I, and that's an extreme because there are good Republican governors that are not as extreme as Ron DeSantis, but that's what I think. of. So it's tough. And if you look at the cases in Florida right now, I mean, the whole they're going up, right? Yeah, the whole Southeast is a hotspot for uh, hospitalizations and COVID reports right now. And we were initially going to go down to Florida for that uh, mm -hmm. football game and to visit my aunt and uncle. And not anymore. I don't think so. It yeah. just doesn't make Tough. sense. And Kristen is sick right now and we got tested twice and it's not Negative. COVID, but Tough. she, uh, she's still really sick. So it's like, I'm sorry, putting us at risk for that. Uh, I don't yeah, know, definitely. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, I like my basketball league started my Beverly Hills basketball league. And I know that my and dad was telling me that your basketball league started and I played, I played yesterday. I played in a mask. The Beverly Hills Rec Department made a mask mandate. So you had to play with masks. And players were not happy. Like, initially, they were like, oh, only people watching the game had to wear masks. But everyone else didn't have to wear a mask. But now with all the cases rising and the liability of the Beverly Hills Basketball League, if someone gets COVID, I guess they wanted to make a mask mandate. And so we're there. And I'm wearing my mask the whole time. And I'm good. But the refs are not enforcing the mask. The refs are not wearing masks. They have to blow the whistle. So... I definitely put myself at risk last night playing basketball with eight people I had no, I've never met. And, you know, even if they were wearing masks, I put myself at risk, but I felt a lot safer if they were, they weren't, they were chin diapering it a lot and refs were not, uh, we're not enforcing it. So I definitely put myself at risk. I was the only one on the court that wore my mask the whole time. So I'm putting myself at risk, but at some point the risk versus a mild case and even though they say oh, okay you even though you're vaccinated you still could get a hospitalization case even though that's very rare i've had friends that had it for a couple of days very little symptoms i almost got it i'm trying not to get it. i don't want it i don't want it inside my body who knows what the the long-term effects could be but at some point my quality of life how much time do i have left to play basketball like that in a basketball league not many years my 38 year old body is sore and if I wait and just not play another year, I'm going to lose out that joy in my life that is one of the best things I love. And so I took a risk and I hopefully I hope I didn't get it, but I have no idea. No idea. So you've come full circle from wanting people to wear masks to my quality of life is more important. <laughs> and now I want to enjoy it. I understand where you're coming this, from. And this is the argument that a lot of people have yeah. with what's going on right now no no, no. I, I know that i'm falling into the quality of life argument and i'm putting myself at risk i will say that you can make those choices if you're vaccinated that's one get vaccinated because then your risk is a lot less if you're going to make choices like i did and going to play basketball or going to eat out at a restaurant you could still get it but it's a lot less and if you do get it you could still spread it but you could be smart about it and so I guess it's just the ethics behind that. I understand quality of life. I've come around on that because at some point, if we're locked in our houses for five years and we miss out on certain things, that's rough. I think that just get vaccinated and be as safe as you possibly can. And if you spread it, then do your best to, to you know, to, to be safe about it. And yeah, if you spread it, that sucks. I don't yeah. know. 
I opted out of our basketball. League. I heard. I heard um, the referee had it. So I was told before the season started that it all players were required to be vaccinated. So we showed up on the first week. Uh, they did temperature checks. We signed liability waivers. Wow. Um, I, played, I haven't done any of that. I played with my mask on the whole time. What kind of mask? Uh, I yeah. got these kind of like duckbill trifold um, KN95s. Nice. Um, so and did it last? Did it last you the whole game? One? Uh, yeah, it lasted. It's like once you start sweating in it, it's probably not great for a second use after that. But mm -hmm. uh, it, it did its job. And okay. so the second week of the season, we already went to bye week. And a few days after that Monday, we got a text saying that there uh, one of the referees who actually is a teammate of ours, but was just refing the first two weeks. Uh, of the season oh wow that he tested positive on i want to say thursday or friday do i know him yeah is it alex. that guy alex he got it yeah tough um so i looked at that and i was like okay well how did he get it and was he vaccinated and what i heard from the guy who runs the league is that he suspects that he was not vaccinated so my question then was well why is he refing if they're he's not, not vaccinated, this is they're supposed not to, they're not asking. So going into the week after that, I, we had Susie's birthday party coming up. So I was just like, I'm not going to play Monday because I'm not going to risk it going into like seeing everybody with the family. Yeah. And after that game, I asked them like, did they check your vaccine IDs at the mm -hmm. door? And they no said, way. no. So I sat down and started talking. But wait, the only says, wait, I'm sorry. Maybe I missed Were they checking your guys's? No, they didn't check anybody's. Yeah. Um, so that's the answer I got from my teammates that played. So I talked to my team manager and I was like, look, this is what was said to me about the rules of the league. They're not being enforced by the guy who runs the league. We already had a positive COVID case within the first two weeks of the season from someone mm -hmm. who wasn't vaccinated. So all of the supposed rules you put in place are broken down. Yeah. Not, not only that, the cost of the league almost doubled. Oh my God. And the ref fees went up. So I was like, you're charging us more. The refs are making more money. And player safety as is not a as, priority. Is not a priority at all. Yeah. It's lower than it's ever been. And there's no accountability for it. Yeah. So I just told my teammates, I was like, look, if you Smart. guys if you guys want me to play, you should be on my side about yeah. getting the league to enforce the rules. If not, then I'm sitting out the rest of the season and good luck. It's it's a uh, so on we were supposed to play Wednesday nights and three or four of the teams in Wednesday nights just opted out completely because of, they didn't feel safe with how Beverly Hills is going to handle it. So we moved to Thursday and I could see why I could see why uh, I'm hoping that nobody in that gym last night had COVID, but who knows? And if someone had COVID that I played with, I wore a mask the whole time, but nobody else wore a mask. I'm at risk, but honestly vaccinated with a mask feel safe. I do. Even if the other people, even if we're sweating all over each other, we'll see if I get it. But I felt safe in the mask, um, even though we were in a gym playing. Who knows? Fuck. Yeah, I mean, I, I still go to the gym twice a week. And, what, like 24 hour? Uh, yeah, it's Planet Fitness, but I still go Planet to the Fitness, gym, yeah. right? So I go when it's not all that crowded um, and they have a mask policy that i would say 97 percent of people adhere to but there's always a few schmucks they're yeah. like nah i'm just gonna have it around my neck and the staff doesn't get paid well enough to to enforce to that and get they, into a they don't and it's like this person's like five feet away from someone who's massless and they're just like nah we're not dealing with that um so that's frustrating and in that regard i'm like look i go to the gym i haven't gotten it you know, I keep my mask on and I feel like I'm mostly pretty protected, but the space that I'm occupying is not the same as like being on a basketball court where like people are huffing and puffing like in my face, like for sure. Top of me. So I just was like, you know what, especially with like, your dad dealing with back issues and Smart. having like his diabetes stuff. And if I want to see him and spend time with him, then I'm not going to increase my level of risk. No, no, no. It's, it's really smart. I didn't invite him to the game. Uh, he's probably upset when he hears this, that I didn't invite him, but I didn't invite him for that specific reason. I don't think it's safe. Um, Jennifer came, she wore a mask. Um, 
it, it was so much fun. Honestly, I had so much fun playing and I, I look forward to playing again next week. And I just hope that I don't get it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun in the first week. The one yeah, thing I, I had missed, did. the one thing I had probably missed the most besides going to the movies was playing basketball. And yeah. we came out and like our team was shorthanded. So we only had five players. So and you got a lot did, of minutes. <laughs> I got a Well, I actually had a good game. I was oh, like, awesome. you know, I, felt had, good. I had been doing a lot of like basketball drills in the garage and stuff. Sick. And I came out and had a couple of rebounds, a few assists. Awesome. I think I didn't didn't score that much, but I didn't really shoot that much either. So still sounds like you had a good game. Efficiency was good. I played well and I was like, okay, I'm excited. And then we went to the bye week and then we got the notification that the guy had COVID. And I was just like, I don't know. And Kristen's sick right now. I think you made a smart decision. Well, just based on how sick Kristen is right now, not having COVID is like, I definitely don't want to risk her getting COVID getting we don't know for to. sure and we were that's, going back to the movies and stuff too so that's you know, right you were you were i mean i think that when you live with somebody then it alters your choices when it comes to your life and i think i wouldn't have played basketball if i didn't get the okay from jennifer my girlfriend who i live with um if i didn't get the okay from her then i would not have played because i'm we're together and if i go make a choice then that choice is the same as her that's her choice you know so i we did it together and it was fun. Hope I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Jennifer, does she know that uh, that Waterworld TV show is in development? No, I have no idea. Yeah, what, a, what a tidbit of news you just dropped for me. I, I should have texted you guys and just been like, look at this. <laughs> is there a trailer? There's or not a trailer. Article? It, was, it was just announced that they're developing this, I guess, like prequel show. Do they have people behind it that are respected that we could be like, oh, awesome? Or is it no? We don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah. Jennifer might dig that deep yeah. into it. Her favorite movie is Waterworld. She was so ashamed of it when she told me, but I'm like, that's awesome. Like, your favorite movie is Waterworld. I love that movie. And it's one of those movies that gets a lot of shit. And I think it only gets shit because it had a huge budget when it came out. And people were like, you spent 200 million on this shit? Even though it was a really great movie, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Dennis Hopper and Kevin Costner and the whole he's a fish, half man, half fish. He's peeing in a yeah, Mr. Coffee. To st- I loved it. Love everything about it. So when I heard that it was her favorite movie, that was attractive. And um, that's awesome because I'm going to tell her that. That's cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's just it was way too early. If Waterworld came out now and you're telling the story about global warming melting the yeah. polar ice caps and so relevant surviving on these like makeshift boats and it's basically the wild west but on the ocean yeah awesome like, that works today so i know make a remake yeah. of that it just it, how it was so expensive but it, it you know it looked like it in the sense of it looked like they were on the water fighting <laughs> they were they had to build all those sets i know that doesn't happen anymore and Kevin Costner was, uh, you know, at the top of the mountain at the time. So yeah, he, he was. had a big salary. Yeah, he was. He kind of got his uh, got some shine for the Field of Dreams game. Did you see that? I saw the highlights of it. OK, uh, I, I couldn't just, watch it either, but I, I just, didn't. I, really... I didn't even know they were doing it. So after the fact, I saw that they had gone and done this. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But that tells me that baseball is like pretty desperate for ratings if they're going to come <laughs> up with something like that. Yeah, baseball fans are nostalgic of the past and movies like that and and i think that you're right baseball is looking to generate some sort of of of, of you know what is it, media and, and ratings and and that game got a lot of ratings that game got as much ratings as a uh as a playoff game now it also had to do with the two teams they got were two of the best teams in the league and the yankees will always give you ratings even if baseball has no ratings at all people are going to go watch the yankees play um, I think they should do it every year. Feel the dreams. I think they should incorporate more movies. I heard a Sandlot idea. I'd love to see a game at a Sandlot. You recreate everything. There's dog back there. Like that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm into that kind of stuff. I love that. I love that. Uh, I mean, I love baseball, so they can do no wrong in my eyes. Fair enough. <laughs> well, since we're talking sports, it's preseason football time. Oh, so excited. How you like in uh, Trey Lance so far? Oh my gosh, I love it! I love the way our the Forty ers are are coming together this year. Everyone's getting healthy, and that's all football is is health. We had the same team, we had a team good team last year, but when we lose our you know Nick Bosa going down in the third game, one player as good as Nick Bosa seriously makes your defense that much better. He's an MVP on defense, maybe MVP in the league, and so we lost him. We lost our quarterback. We didn't have a backup quarterback. 
it just there was an injury bug throughout our whole season. Now, whether that was because it was the Super Bowl hangover, you lose the Super Bowl, you'd think that people would work too hard to come back, but it takes a lot just to get to the Super Bowl. And so you probably just it whatever happened, it was bad for us. But we had some time off, we got healthy, we got up some young energy in there. And I think we have a really good football team. And I think that Jimmy is going to play as well as Jimmy can play. I think you're going to see the best Jimmy Garoppolo you are going to see this season. It's whether how long he can do that. If Jimmy Garoppolo, there's a season, there was a season that um, I think is going to be very similar. And it was the 49ers year with Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith. What was that? Did you hear that? I think I moved my headphones or something. like. Oh, okay, cool. The season with Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith. The year after, I believe, we went to the NFC Championship and lost to the New York Giants in a battle. One of my favorite games ever. Kyle Williams was our punt returner. He had two muffs. You have two muffs in the NFC Championship that go to turnovers, you're going to lose. I don't care. I don't care who you are. So we lost that game ourselves. But the next season, Alex Smith came out and was 9-1, and 9-0, and oh, and he got injured. He got injured with a concussion or something, and he missed probably three or four games. And in that three or four games, when we were nine and one, ten and one, Colin Kaepernick came in, and the offense just looked electric with Kaepernick. And he's running, and he's dynamic, and he's converting third downs. The reason that we lost to New York, besides Kyle Williams' punt, was Alex Smith was one for ten on third down conversions. Alex Smith could not convert third downs, and you have to convert third downs to win football games. And Colin Kaepernick could. So what I'm going to think, what happens is Colin Kaepernick got us the Super Bowl. And we lost another close-ass Super Bowl that we could have won where we're inside the 10, the blackout game against the Ravens. We could give the ball to Gore three times, and we'd probably get in and take the lead and win the Super Bowl, but we tried to throw it. Very similar to other teams making dumb mistakes. But <laughs> Go Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's tough. It's tough to get there. So I think this season's going to be very similar. I have a feeling the 49ers are going to be good with their schedule in the first 10 games if Jimmy can stay healthy. we re- Our offensive line is healthy. That's all you got to do. Give Jimmy some time. Jimmy's going to make the right reads. We have great playmakers on the outside. Kittle's healthy. We have great receivers. Samuel and Ayuk. We've got Muhammad Sanu in a regenerated year. Watch out for Muhammad Sanu in the red zone this year. He's playing that Kendrick Bourne position in the slot. Maybe he won't play the slot, but he's the wide receiver three, and he's balling they say in practice in in training camp. So I think our team's going to be really good. If Jimmy gets hurt at all, Trey Lance is going to come in and we're going to see how this offense works with Trey Lance and we're going to fall in love with it. And Trey Lance ain't going to give that up. So Jimmy and Jimmy's going to be a backup quarterback watching Trey Lance lead him through the playoffs if he can, but because they're going to go with Trey Lance if he's rolling and I'm fine with it. So that's how I think the season's going to go if we can all stay healthy. Is Trey Lance gonna be the starter at the end of the season yes yes i I figured just watching the tape that i've seen so far from practice it's like he can just do things that jimmy can't do so eventually that is gonna be what they have to move that direction eventually because like you said he makes the offense way more dynamic he does and with rookie quarterbacks the thing that hurts them is turnovers right josh allen probably the second best quarterback in the league, if not the best quarterback in the league. Thank you. I love him. I wasn't a fan of him initially when I heard like, I'm, I'm very big on like, I hear somebody uses the N word in social media. I don't like you. I don't care if it was a rap lyric. I don't care. I feel like, and again, I don't know what the circumstances were, but when I hear teammates say he's a good guy, he's a good teammate, and they like him, I can get over stuff like that, especially when he apologizes and, and people can change and they make mistakes when they're younger. And so I didn't like him at first, but then I came around, and when you watch him play, he just plays football in such a cool way. And and that's the new quarterback in the league, and he's faster than Mahomes. I think his accuracy will get better. I think giving Josh Allen a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders not only will be good on the field, he makes other players on the offense better because he motivates. I've seen videos of him in practice when he was with the 49ers. He's talking to all these young receivers, and the Bills got young receivers, right? Don't they have some young receivers still? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Out, they still have Isaiah McKenzie. They have. They still have Davis, or he left? No, Gabriel Davis is in his second year. They got Jake Kumaro from Green Bay. So they do have some young guys, he's but a gonna lot of make, veterans. He's going to make those players better. I love the Bills this year. Uh, but I think that. Um, what was your question? I don't know. I'm just rambling about the Bills. <laughs> 
I don't know. I didn't really have a question other than yeah. the 49ers I, stuff. But. No, no, no. The Trey, Yeah, I think Trey Lance starts with the end of the year, but I think Jimmy has his shot. Jimmy wants to run it back and get this team back to the Super Bowl. And Jimmy, you did it once. So I remember what I was saying. I was comparing Josh Allen that he's great, but he still makes these dumb turnovers sometimes, right? He still, he hasn't had a, a full playoff game where he hasn't done something like a dumb rookie thing, even though he's not a rookie anymore, but he's almost there and he's the best. And I think Trey Lance, if we go with him too early, and I, maybe it's good to go with him early because he's got to make, he's got to learn what he can't do. There was a great quote from Zach Wilson, who is the number two pick. He's going to start for the Jets. He was like, yeah, preseason's great and practice is great because I realized what I can and can't get away with in this league. And I think rookie quarterbacks have to kind of go through that. I don't think they can just be the best right away. I mean, Mahomes is, is an outlier, but Mahomes also had playmakers up the butt, right? And, and I think that Trey does, but I think he's going to make mistakes. Jimmy, I don't think he makes too many mistakes. He doesn't go down the field to take chances, and maybe that's why he doesn't make mistakes. Or maybe he doesn't have the accuracy on his throws, but he is a great game manager along with being able to convert third downs here and there. He's like a Brady. He's like a mini. That's what the best Jimmy Garoppolo is a poor man's Tom Brady. And I think we see it this year until and the only thing is, can we keep him healthy? If he's 13 and you know 11 and two rolling with a great QB rating, we're going to stick with him. And if how about game 13, 14, we start to have a skid. Are we going to go with Trey Lance to run us through the playoffs when he hasn't played all season? Like, I think if you're going to roll run with Trey Lance in the playoffs, you got to get him in there before week 10. So he has at least a month to a month and a half to see what some of the best defense in the NFL are going to throw at him. That's fair. What kind of start, like if you're the 49ers, how bad of a start do you need to have before you start looking at Lance as the guy who's going to come in and be you lose starter. two games in the first four. If you're two and two, because I, I let me see if I know the 49ers schedule is not difficult, right? And and I mean, Jimmy, I don't know. You hear quotes from Kyle Shanahan, and he's just like, These guys are competing their asses off. I'm like, Well, I thought Jimmy had the job. What are they competing for? Like, mm -hmm. and so see the 49ers, they see they open with the Lions, right? Then they get the Eagles. Both of those road games, I think we win both those games. But the Eagles, I could see we lose because I think the Eagles are going to have an underrated team this year. I think Jalen, his name, what's the quarterback's name? Hurt or Hurts? Jalen Hurts. They look like crap last night, but. Yeah, oh, you well. can't tell was, anything. Yeah. They say that, did, did, but Hurts didn't play, right? No, I don't think so. Hurts is one of those guys, if you play fantasy football, you could get him late and he could be a top 10 QB. And, could and be, he, yeah. I think Jalen, like towards the end of last year when Philly was playing Dallas and all those games, he was having massive games. And I think that you have these rookie quarterbacks that take the step to year two. They have a whole offseason of the offense, and he seemed like he's going to be pretty good. And so that could be a tough game. So let's say they, you know, worst case, they beat the Lions. By the way, the Lions could come out and play tough. Who knows? A new coach, new quarterback. Uh, Jared Goff has seen the 49ers defense before. Then they we host. They didn't look too good in their first preseason game either with their starters. So yeah, we'll see. Who the Detroit? Oh, so, yeah, Detroit. So I'm if the the 49ers actually have a kind of tough four games, right? So they go to Detroit, they go to Philly, they come home to play the Packers. Who it seems like the Packers are like this is a one last hurrah type of deal. So you think the Packers have a good season, and then they come home and host the Hawks, who it's never an easy game. So in those first four games, if we're not three and one, I could see them making a pull especially if say they get two of those games but they win like low scoring affairs and because our defense is so yeah. good this year like our defense we are not going to be giving up too many points with fred warner one of the best middle linebackers with you know nick bosa one of the best defensive ends uh, along with our our you know second year tackles uh, our corners i think are pretty good actually uh, even though we lost richard sherman and he didn't even get a team and he ended up having to have legal troubles so yeah in Seattle, no less, or in right Seattle. outside of Seattle. Are you excited about the Hawks? No. You should be. You I should mean, be. They're still good, but I just, I I don't know. I haven't liked what I've seen from Russell Wilson over the last couple of years. It's like, obviously, he's good, but it's like down the stretch, like he makes costly mistakes. And the way they played in the playoff game against the Rams after just having beaten the Rams, mm -hmm. and they got beat by a backup quarterback, like, you know, you would hope that the defense gets a little better, but 
I haven't seen anything to suggest that their defense is going to be all that much better. You, you know? still got Billy Wagner, though, right? Is he still yeah, on that team? you still got Wagner. You still got Adams. Like, it's not that they don't have yeah. Time. It's they, they don't get pressure on the quarterback has been their problem since. Didn't you the, sign somebody? Since the Frank Clark, Michael Bennett uh, oh, era. That was a good one. Yeah, they just, they sped up the quarterback, similar to why Bosa is so valuable for the Niners. Like, they speed the passing plays up so sure. much that it buys extra time for their secondary to get hands on the receivers and disrupt all those routes. So now that they can't really get pressure like that, and they've lost a handful, like including Clowney, including uh, Jaron Reed, who left like a lot of their guys that were their best linemen started to leave over the last couple of seasons. So they probably did get help, but I don't know. They'll still probably be a playoff team. You have a new offensive coordinator, right? I believe a lot of these offensive troubles are due to the coordinator. The player can only do so much. Uh, I think that you guys have a new offensive coordinator, and what I've heard is this offensive coordinator is going to let Russ cook. Don't you want to let Russ cook, or are you over let Russ cook? Well, if they're going to let Russ cook, like, what's the point of having Chris Carson? Well, it's see, it's both. You need to let Russ cook, but you need Carson to kind of finish off those cooking, right? Like, you I, do you want to give the ball to Carson 20, 25 times? Probably a good idea, but then in with that, let Russ kind of do what he does. Yeah, it's I just think, like this isn't the same kind of defense and it's not the same kind of running back that they had when they were the Super Bowl champs where it's like no, we but can I run think, the ball with Marshawn 25 times and dominate defensively. It's not the same team. And you have Metcalf and you have Lockett and you have these weapons that you want to expose. Um, you know, I, you do want Russell Wilson to throw the ball, but you need to be able to protect him and give him throwing lanes which has been the bigger issue for them since they signed into that massive deal their mm. offensive line has gone in the toilet so how's your offensive line this year same do anything it hasn't impressed me so far but you know they keep a lot of the same guys like i think george fant left uh played with another team so they still have dwayne brown i think uh he's great brit is still their center yeah like brown was the the big addition that they got like mid-season from the Texans to be like the problem solver. And it's like, it didn't really solve any problems for them. So, well, they, know. you know, they're playing some tough defenses throughout they the are. year. Yeah. That division is super difficult. So them coming out as the division winner is going to be very, very tough for them. Very tough. But I think it's also, yeah, it's the toughest division in the league. I think along with the, what the AFC West. No, what's yeah. the toughest, the NFC West, I think is the toughest is the, well, the and AFC AFC North last Baltimore year Pittsburgh, Baltimore Pitt. Oh yeah, that's that's the toughest division. The yeah, Cleveland, I, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. And who's the fourth team? Uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, that's the toughest division. Well, All had, those games think, are tough. I think you had three ten win teams in that division. Yeah, last year. And Cincinnati will be better. I think Burrow getting Chase and and having the receivers. I think Burrow takes a takes a jump, even though he's coming off an injury. And I think Cincinnati wins more games. So there that's the toughest division. Yeah, Cincinnati's gonna be fun to watch. They were in a lot of games that they lost last year up until the time where Joe got hurt. So I'm excited to watch a lot of teams. I'm excited to watch Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is gonna be fun to watch with that quarterback. I think the Jets are gonna be fun to watch, even though you know they don't have too many playmakers at receiver. Um but I think I'm excited for football. <laughs> yeah, me too. So all right well i mean i think we covered that's much, i love it pretty much everything it's like the show that we would normally do except for i love it this time. oh you did a great job i love that it's not uh the past two years i've been doing shows on camera actually even the shane show started to do camera and i like not camera i like because then i can focus and like what my voice is sounding like it doesn't matter what i'm doing i could and so it's nice to not be on camera yeah, and I think the biggest benefit of doing it in podcast format is that like I can edit in post production. Yeah. So I'm just gonna sure. strip the audio out of all this and then I'll put it in and I have my yeah. sound effects and everything. And we got cool. the first, first episode was up this morning. And nice. How often are they coming out? Uh we'll probably do once a week, depending. Mm-hmm. I was I was supposed to have an interview with someone last night and that didn't happen. Uh so it's gonna yeah, be, you just got to worry about the. Now. You just got to worry about the relevance of what we're talking about and hope that it, the, you know a week later, it's still relevant. I think honestly, everything we talked about on this show was will be relevant a week later. Yeah, I'll publish this tonight. Um, 
And it looks cool. like I got accepted everywhere, but I'm still waiting on Apple Podcasts. It takes a second. It, it does. takes it takes a second. I remember that when we were getting the Shane show up, I remember Shane being like, Why is this taking so long? Apple flagged us. And I'm like, it just takes a second. You'll get it up. And then if you don't, and like I said, you can always follow up and then go reach out to their customer service. Yeah, so I pushed our launch date back from last month to this month because I was like, well, preseason starts. I'm going to do, when we do our fantasy draft, I'm going to do a live. Well, it's not going to be live, but I'll record the draft oh, show well, and then we'll put do a live up. recording of the draft. Yeah, I might put it up on Haps or something like that, but or maybe I'll put it up on Twitch. But I think I'm going to definitely record when we do our draft show. Or when we do our fantasy draft, all cool. Kristen, Kristen will come in here and we'll draft in the office and have our little show. And then since football is rolling, like it'll give me at least football to talk about once a week, and then I can schedule, you know, interviews around that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There was one podcast my my buddies were doing that I was on, and it was a Survivor podcast in the sense of each week they talked about the, their survivor. They were like doing a survivor pool the whole time. And they tell, they run down the games of what they thought were like locks. Uh, I don't know if they're still doing that anymore, but that was cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're probably still going to do something like that where we do our picks. Um, I'm thinking about doing a pick em league too, to see if we can get that going uh, with our group, but we'll mm -hmm. see. do it like six bucks a week. Five bucks of that goes towards the weekly pot. The dollar left over goes towards the end of the season pot. And uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I've never been in one of those, so it'd be cool to be in. All right, well, one of those. I'll send I would that. Be, I'll I would send join. that out to the group chat and see who wants to get in on that. Just it's going to be about people like getting their picks into me. No, I know. no later than yeah Saturday morning, I guess, or before the game start is fine as long as you get it to me. Yeah. Um, and then Thursday, like you can get me that one whenever, as long as it's before the game. So I don't know. I'll reach out to the group and see if they want to do it. We got 10 people. And so that'd be what, uh, 10 bucks a week for the duration of the season. So at the end of the season, there'd be $180 goes to the winner and then 50 bucks a week to the weekly winners. Whoever picks the most. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I've been doing be a lot of um, fan duel. Yeah. Uh, just because I got like after I hit my bet in Vegas, I was like, oh, I'm good at this. this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, can I make this a living? What can I, this is it's so easy. It allows me to like read about sports and then I could take my sports knowledge and win, make money. And and so I've been doing FanDuel and it's for, so fun. Um, and so when football starts, I'm definitely I love filling out with their like algorithm of, of salaries of how much you have to pay for each player. And I love my buddies would do it where they would because you could do your own on FanDuel. Right. That's the whole thing. Like five, pick your five friends, 20 bucks for the week. And then the winner take all. I love doing little things like that. Like, and I felt you, I was, you, both you and I would be really good at just picking your perfect fantasy team for the week based on what you have, because all you're doing is like looking at matchups and how it's going. Like, you know, most fantasy leagues, you're like, fuck, I wish I had people in that Houston you know, Baltimore game or whatever. And it's like, well, you can on the, in this type of fantasy. <laughs> yeah. And I like that they incorporate the kind of like uh, the value-based system. It reminds me yeah. of Wall Street sports. I don't know if you For sure. I remember that. My dad, my dad used to do, I think dad showed that to us and he was super into it for a while. And I think, cause you're just, you were just trying to get high on the ratings, right? Yep. Of how, how much money you were making. And it's exactly like that. Yeah. So I like that system. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll figure it out for, for our okay. league. And cool. then I don't know the Vangerville Fantasy League. Yeah, it's just, it's just you, me, and Toast. <laughs> but I don't think we can start a three-person league. No, you can't. I'm in so many leagues. They're trying to get no. me to like put together the Milo and Olive League, and I'm just like, I'm in five, like six. Like and I will tell I, you that being the commissioner sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. I've done it. It's it's it sucks. It, you can't please everybody. You have to make sure you're a good commissioner or people that paid 20 bucks are getting on you. It's like, bro, paid 20 bucks. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It sucks. Totally sucks. Well, but I'm thank, excited. Yeah. Well, thank did you. Did I win it last year? You did win it. I gave okay, you a Okay, cool. That's man. the trophy. Yeah, it's sitting on my mantle. You're I, the I took, champ. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Trying, there's like the perfect, just to give you a little bit info on my draft strategy. I'm trying to find the perfect moment 
to pick Lance. Not too early, but definitely not too late. Nobody's going to draft him, so I think you're going to be okay. okay. Least, in, in our league, at least. I mean, I'm not going to roll with him as my starter. Yeah, but... that's what I'm saying. Nobody else is either because... Okay. Especially well, A's if, not playing. If Jimmy's announces the starter, Lance is He is, is the starter, be... <laughs> no doubt. I mean, if it comes out that they announced Lance as the starter before the season started, his draft pick, uh, average draft pick would skyrocket. Right? But he's not. It's Jimmy. It would, but we're a 10-team league. Is is he going to be one of the 10 highest fantasy quarterbacks? In regards to the end of the year, probably not because he's probably only getting 9 or 10 games. But I will say that the 49ers have a cake schedule in the fantasy playoffs. And I feel like you th- if you think Lance is going to be the quarterback and you think you're going to be in the fan, I think Trey Lance in the fantasy playoffs would be one of the best players to have, if that makes any yeah. sense. I mean, I have to try to not overreach again to draft Josh Allen. I'm in one league. I'm in one league where it's 12. It's a 12-person league. It's PPR. And I have the first pick. So, of course, I'm going McCaffrey, right? Yeah. And then on the way back, in all the mock drafts I've done, the only quarterback taken on those first two rounds is Mahomes. So I have a choice that I could go at. I have two picks. I can go Allen, which I love. I, of course, want Allen. But... Do I is the receiver and running back pool so thin this year and so unknown that if you do go Allen, and I also love having the great tight end, and I go, let's say I go Waller. So my first three picks are McCaffrey, Allen, and Waller. And then I'm fucked when it comes to receivers on the way back. I'm looking at like Jerry Judy as my number one receiver. Have you seen his tape though? He looks great. He looks amazing. But it, again, he's number one. He is their number one. They're saying his route running is off the charts. They said his route running was off the charts coming out of college. And so I'm sure this year he's ready to go. Do I trust that Denver offense with that quarterback? I don't know if I trust him. And so it's like. But Cortland Sutton put a, you know, pretty decent numbers. And that's another thing. Sutton's there. there. Sutton's another receiver there. So, uh, and, you know, but, you know, you think about who they're going to be playing. Chargers. Raiders, Chiefs, they're going to be catching up in all those games. Yep. So maybe Judy is a decent pick because he's going to get a lot of targets because they're going to be behind. Yeah, and he's just he's looked really good. Yeah, he's looked really good. I'm I'm also having trouble in the, my mock drafts being like, okay, I want a Uke, but then wait a second, Samuel's there. It's like you can't have Ayuk and Samuel. No. I know, and I made the mistake of definitely overreaching and taking Mahomes with the first overall pick. And no, then I did it a couple of times. I, I played him like the first four to six weeks of the season. And he got outscored by Allen on my bench all the whole oh, so beginning. Mahomes and Allen. Yeah. And then I ended up trading Mahomes and it made my team a little bit better, but I still lost a ton of games. I think I lost like four in a row after picking up Diggs and Devonte Adams. <laughs> With Allen. Yeah. Cause I just ran into like every team playing their best game. So it's like my average points per week went way up, but my yeah. opponent's average per week also went way up during that stretch. Oh, the joy of fantasy football. Yeah. The joy and the pain. Can't wait. Cool. It's, it's thanks great. for having me. Thanks for inviting yeah, me. Of course, man. Thanks for being on the I'll show. Come on there. anytime you want. Anytime. Cool. You want. Is there anything you want to plug while you're here? Um, I do a show. I used to do a show every Tuesday and Thursday but I've kind of taken a hiatus or vacation or creative block, but uh, it's going to start up soon. Uh, Listen to my show. Welcome to Vangerville on Twitch backslash Chris Vanger. And you could see me doing the same thing on this show, even wackier. And I definitely also tomorrow I am in two tournaments. I think I'm going to stream this. I am in an MLB, the show tournament, which of my team I've created. And I am in a, the first Madden tournament of the season. It's a qualifying Madden tournament. So I've been putting together my Madden Ultimate team, and they decided to have both tournaments through one person, this company called Battle Fee, both tournaments on the same day. So I had to ask my girlfriend, uh, can I play in this video game tournament all day tomorrow? And so, <laughs> starting at 9 a.m., and I'll probably stream it, but I also kind of don't like streaming these like high-level games, but I probably should because it's fun to watch. But I'm going to stream, I'm probably going to stream myself playing Madden and or no, MLB and then I'll be in the MLB show tournament until I'm eliminated. They're just three inning games. And then I will move then into my Madden pool play, which I don't think my team's ready, but I'm trying to be a video game tournament streamer. So is this Madden 22 Madden 22 just came out. 
they've decided to ha- it's kind of unfair if you ask me so the first madden qualifying tournament is saturday the game came out today so the, t- the tournament's tomorrow the game came out today and I've had it for three days because I paid the extra to have the three-day access. And I guess I even could have had a 10-hour trial from EA Play that a lot of the pros had done. And in that 10-hour trial, they just put together their team as best they could. And so now all the cards are being released. So today they released a whole bunch of cards, spent 25 bucks to get the packs to get certain cards. I needed this 86 Nick Bosa to have on my in my, in my Nick Bosa card. And so that's really how you win. The pros are the pros. They're good. They have great stick work. They have a great scheme, but they also have the best teams because they're putting the most money or into the into the game because, you know, they have sponsors or whatever. And so they have the best teams. So if you don't even you could I feel like these amazing players, if you give me the same exact team as them, it's going to be a good ass game. But the problem is in four days to get your team as stacked as some of these pros teams, it's impossible. And the game's meta, if a player is an is an 89 versus your 84, the 89 is going to dominate. And it's tough to, to consistently win against good players. So I'm going to try, but I'm going to be stacked up against better teams. And I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I played the 10-hour trial a little bit. Oh, you did? Yeah, I played a couple games to see how it was. And I'm like, on defense, like the buttons i'm like i don't know what any of the buttons are so i did give up some points but offensively i was like oh yeah like it's like riding a bike i know what that's I'm i know and that's what the the pro i follow a lot of the pros on twitter and the pros have been complaining that the offense is too good they're not able to stop their defenses that were working against certain schemes the first time around aren't working the way the gameplay is now the receivers are getting open you could throw a dime pass the the running is so much better like I love running the football in Madden and the way they did it this year was like, if I am able to just maneuver through the holes, the with the Xbox uh, series X next gen system, it's pretty on point. It's probably one of the best Madden's offensively I've played ever. You get and, more, you get more like uh, of the fight yardage out of the contact. You do. You do. You do. And the tackling is so much real better. And, and it's just, uh, I love this Madden. And a lot of the pros have been upset about it because I think their skills that they've accumulated over the past couple of years, they've kind of neutralized in this game. So they're having to adjust a little bit. So I think this is the best time to try and beat the pros. And so this first tournament is super important. And, and that's, you know, I could stream Madden every single day and I maybe would get people, but if, until I win something, and like be like oh shit this guy beat this guy and people are like well how does he play let then that's how i'm going to get people to come watch me play and be able to become a professional streamer but until i win anything i'm just a dude streaming video games just a dude streaming video games with his girlfriend's permission yes with her blessing we'll say it's her blessing with her her, her blessing i would do it if she said no chris you could not play in this video game term i would be sad but i would understand <laughs> i'm a 38 year old man I don't know how many 38-year-old men get to play video games on a Saturday all day for money. Me. Great. All right. That's all I got. You're blessed. (laughs) I'm blessed. I am. Could be a lot worse. Cool. All right, man. All right. Thanks, Nick. Good to see you. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. If you enjoyed it, please help me out by liking, subscribing, and sharing from wherever you get your podcasts. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, where you can find movie reviews, recommendations, and more. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can contact me at nick at And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills!